Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Welcome into the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show. Now a proud member of the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network. Check out this and countless other great fantasy sports podcasts at FullTimeFantasy.com and at FullTimeFantasy on Twitter. And as always, you can follow your boys here at the Asylum at AsylumFantasySports.com, at AsylumFootball on the tweeters, and of course to join the conversation, AsylumFootball at gmail.com. Draft season is lording over us now, Rick. It's not upon us. It is here and smacking you in your face right now. Head on over to FullTimeFantasy.com to participate in the free Best Ball World Championships, a $35 starter league. Heck, do the $299 online championship with a $50,000 grand prize, or even get your butt in an airplane and head on out to the 8th Annual World Championships in Las Vegas. Take what you learn here and on the full-time network and turn it into straight cash homie, as your boy Randy Moss would tell you. You got that right. We are Flieger and Briggs. This is the Asylum Sports Show here on the Full-Time Fantasy Network. And it is. It's right on top of us right now, Rick. It, we're right in the middle of it. Things are really picking up as far as the questions and everything. Get them into asylumfootball at gmail.com or put us on the Twitter at asylumfootball. And we got a lot of things to talk about, just newsworthy. We got yeah. some predictions to make. I got a little funny story and i'll be the judge of that how funny it actually well, it is. probably wouldn't be to you because you'd probably do it so <laughs> that's a good tease <laughs> right there i like that so yeah a couple of house cleaning things we're going to do the uh what preview the entire nfc tell you get that bookie on the phone we'll tell you who's going to the super bowl in the nfc we'll do the afc next week and I believe the week after that, Rick, we will be making predictions for week one. And then a little show announcement, I do believe starting after week one, heading into week two, we're going to double your fun. We're going to double your pleasure as the asylum goes to two days a week, Wednesday, and then sometime we haven't landed on Friday a day or yet. Saturday, Friday probably, or Saturday, yeah. heading into the weekend. Tuesday will be your re- or Wednesday will be your recap and your headlines and uh, all the nonsense you expect from the asylum with a quick hitter, predictions, start sits, game picks for your bookie, everything you need. So look for that following week one. I don't know what the dates are, but whatever that is, that uh, weekend following week one. That's right, and you can keep up with your boys on uh, SI.com, which is powered by Full-Time Fantasy. Um, we've got some 10, 12, and 14-team uh, mock drafts up there with a lot of the industry experts, including yours truly. Right. And, um, yeah, check it out. And big news coming up uh, as far as the – what is it? The Fantasy Bull Market. We'll have more right. information on it next week. So, yeah, um, yeah check that out, SI.com exciting time to be an asylumite if you've stuck with us through all the nonsense over the years i think we're starting to turn into a little something here some at least affiliated loosely with some big names and so you want to be part of that as an asylumite i know i do exactly all right well let's get into some of it rig i think the obligatory the first two stories in whatever order you choose have to be ezekiel elliott and antonio brown you know zeke now i'm scared I've spent weeks now leading off every show saying I'm not scared. Jerry Jones gets a little chesty, says Zeke who? Elliot didn't see the humor in it. Is this thing going to go into the start of the season, right? Oh, yeah. Sure it will. Jerry, he's earned he's earned the right to make jokes. Right. You heard that. He's earned the right. So, 
There, neither one of them's going to back down, and this is probably going to get nasty before it gets any better. Quite frankly, I mean, look, I was really um, afraid of the Melvin Gordon situation, and then I still am. But Ezekiel Elliott is getting to that point as well. Antonio Brown's a clown, and the whole atmosphere is a circus. Right. But I think he's going to be there, and he'll be as fine as he's he can be in in Oakland. I'm guessing until yeah. things start going south, and then he can't see the football because of the helmet, and maybe right. he'll quit. We don't know, but at least right now, I think he's going to be okay to start your fantasy year. But you'll have to monitor him hourly. Yeah, what I don't get with him, Rick, and I never and look, and I know the stars have different rules, but I wasn't aware or have never come across anybody in any training camp who just comes and goes, and it's no yeah. big deal. You know, it's right. all right, well, I'm pissed off today, so I'm going to roll out for a couple days. Okay, no problem. And then he comes back, and we I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks last night. It was like, you know, the, the queen coming down. Yeah. They were all so excited to see him. And then he rolls out again, and, you know, Mayock did get mad there, and I think that's what spurred <laughs> Antonio to come out. You're either all in or you're all out. Right. It's got to make a call now. And he shows back up, but they even said, you know, in the first practice, I believe it was yesterday, maybe it was this morning, it's all starting to run together. He come out, did some of the, you know, stretching and things like that. And then when the te- when his teammates put on their helmets, went out to do drills, he went to the uh, weight room. Yeah. So it's just, well, you talk, th- this can't be good, right? It, no, there, there it has can't. To, there has to be a balance between when a guy with that big of an EO, ego and that's talented you make some concessions, right? You put up with some stuff. I'm good with that. I, I can live with that. It, it happens. But they're just letting this man do anything he wants. And it, it, everything that's happening to this point is purely driven by his ego. And you're just piling on it. I, yeah, and, I mean, it's good to see Mike Mayock come out as – because Gruden has said nothing. So, I mean, you basically have the good cop, bad cop right. situation. And Mayock's taking the bad cop role while Gruden tries to keep everything warm and fuzzy yeah. in, the, in the locker room. But he has to be. You're either in or you're on. And I, I agree with him. I think somebody needs to try to pull some sort of reins on. I mean, look, you can only rein him in so far or he'll just throw his hands up and walk off. But that's the chance you're going to have to take, and you'll save a lot of money if he does. Right. So, I mean, it, it's – look, their season is precarious as it is. Right, right. And without Antonio Brown, they're in bad trouble. However, to your point, you can't just let a guy come and go. No, that, because that's what Because what that does me. is it creates animosity and dysfunction and other people start doing it, and it, right. the morale just goes in the tank. So we've talked about this a couple of times. Let's put the definitive stamp on it. Now that he's on camp, in camp for now, he'll leave and come back, but he's going to be there for week one, irregardless of this helmet issue. Seems like the feet are fine. They're probably not great, but they're, they're fine. He, he's getting around fine. I know it's stupid to say, are you avoiding Antonio Brown? Because it's a, well, yes, but if he's around in sure. the seventh round, I'm not avoiding him anymore. At his ADP right now, of ninth, our wide receiver nine, and this is just in the last week. I, I ran these pretty short in the last week. Do you, I guess, are you avoiding him in that regard at where his normal value would be? Or, or is this a guy you're willing to take the risk on? Or is this a guy, unless it becomes an obscene value, you know what I mean, you're going to go after him? 
I think it's going to have to be at least a very good value. I mean, we can play the game with the ADP thing, but, I mean, if he's up there, I mean, you're talking first round, second round on on these receivers with his value. Well, he's going against people. I'm going to assume he's close to, and I don't have it right in front of me, he's close to what? Probably a Mike Evans. Um Name some guys. You said you had a pull up right. there. So, yeah, right now he's sitting at wide receiver nine, yes. So, behind him in order, Stephon Diggs. Diggs. Thielen. Thiel, Thielen. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. T.Y. Hilton. Hilton, because I think Luck's coming around. Mari Cooper. Uh, he's dealing with uh, plantar fasciitis, right. so... You know, that's kind of a wash there. But. Then you get into your Brandon Cooks, Robert Wood, Julian Edelman. Yeah, I, I think mean, that's right the tier yeah. Antonio Brown's on for me where, where I'm willing to take the yep. risk when you get down to – so, you know, there, there are guys I move him up, and it, it's going to be less about the, the ADP for me as where it is in the draft. Right? I'm not going to spend a third-round pick on this guy. I, I'm not going to do it. Probably in the fourth round where I've got a, a little bit of a core built that I feel good about, and then right. that's where I'm willing to start taking risk. And I think that's the point. I put him in the risk category. And when you, you talk about there's so many guys that like to talk about risk-reward, has there ever been a greater risk-reward candidate <laughs> right. than Antonio Brown? If by some miracle he gets right, he gets right with the helmet, he gets right with the league, he gets right with himself and in his own head, this is a guy who probably should be the wide receiver one in fantasy football. You know, DeAndre Hopkins, Adams, some of these guys might have something, but he's going to be there. Yeah, exactly. He's in the conversation. He could, he could also walk away, just start, you know, because even when he's mad, and that's what I wonder where the risk is. <laughs> even when he's mad, he's performed, right? right. The, the only problem he had in Pittsburgh last year is when he quit showing up. <laughs> you know, even though he was mad, he was getting his. So, you know, you got to factor that risk-reward, but it, it's not going to be in the first three rounds. It, it's a fourth-round value for me. He's probably not going to get there, especially somebody at the end of the third this guy should be a bottom of the first early second round pick so it's not a huge drop but but just risk reward Uh, let's do it with Ezekiel Elliott now all right we don't know anymore you were drafting the caveman draft here in the studio in in two mere days and batting down the hatches and hide the valuables before these criminals come in you know this is a guy who was going to be a top three top four pick where are you taking that risk because it is a risk right now. I'll, I'll be honest with you. As it stands right now, like if our draft was tonight, I'm not touching this guy. Period. No. I I, I mean, unless obviously it's way know, down. I but, know. yeah. No, in any reasonable sense, first two, three rounds, I can't take him. I mean, because when you, when you start shooting – look, we had uh, one of the criminals in our league last year took that shot in the first round with Le'Veon Bell. Right. You saw where that got him. I mean, that is, I mean, that's suicide. I mean, you waste a, a first, second, or third round, and and you get absolutely nothing. I mean, right. you're basically, I mean, that you know that that's fantasy suicide right there. There's just not a lot that you can make up with that. Yeah. I'm thinking with him, I. I'm still convinced he shows up. I'm convinced he misses games at the beginning of the year. Whether a contract gets done, whether it's uh, that situation, what was it, 
30 years ago now with, with Emmett Smith all over again where they get off to a bad start. As you hear Rick open a cool beverage and now spills everywhere. We have got to get the video going. His alcoholism so rampant, he's popping bottles in the studio. <laughs> should, should I wait? You all right? Nope, I'm okay. <laughs> That little emergency there was just kind of uh, got we, a little out of control there. This is why we can't have nice things. Brand new computer, <laughs> brand new board, brand new wiring. I held it over the floor. 15 minutes into the second episode, Rick Briggs is I, blowing I, alcohol all I, through the studio. I held it over the floor. Oh, good. Well, there's no wires on the floor, so that's good. No, not over here, so don't worry about it. You'll be all right. What a yutz. Anyhow, Ezekiel Elliott, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, I... I tell you what, Rick, I'm... End of the third, beginning of the fourth. Yeah. Maybe. I would be tempted. What about Gordon? What? what? You've He's, heard nothing. He has double-digit rounds for me. For, yeah. For two reasons. Number one, he basically he said, the last thing he said was, I'm here. I'm just waiting for a call, which tells me, it may. I'm going to choose to believe it, that the Chargers said, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't come back. The Chargers can function, and the Chargers will be good with or without Melvin Gordon. I don't think there's much of a drop-off with Jackson and Eckler versus Gordon, Eckler, and Jackson. Now, Melvin Gordon, we've talked about this ad nauseum. He doesn't have the, the... the clout right now that an Ezekiel Elliott does. So right. it seems to me the Chargers have said, all right, you know, we're here. If you want to get paid, we'd love to have you. You know, We're a potential Super Bowl team, but yeah. if you don't show up. So th- this guy is We've a, gone 60 years without a Super Bowl. So. <laughs> I mean, as, as we sit, you know, if nothing changes between now and the caveman draft on Friday, this is a round 10. I've got everything I want, and that's just a little lottery ticket. Right. Later on in the draft, that that's where, so you know, and that's the difference I think in the value. If you look at it, I would be tempted if I had like the first overall pick at that two three turn to still grab Elliott. It, it's risky, but I might do it. I'm a little more risk averse than you are, right? You know, or not risk, but you're more risk averse right. than I am. Exactly. If I could speak speak the English language, Melvin Gordon. Like I said if I'm sitting there in the tenth and it's like, all right, do I want the, the tight end seventeen? Or yeah, I'll take Melvin Gordon. A little lottery ticket, maybe he shows up in week eight, like Le'Veon Bell threatened to all of last year, and that would be great. So yeah, th- he's a he's a non no touch for me until we get to the double. All right, Rick. The other big news of the week, as these things always happen, pretty much right after we we record. Josh Gordon reinstated by the NFL. Looks like he's expected to be ready to go week one. People are losing their minds. Huge yeah. deal, big deal, little deal, oh, I no think it, deal. I, oh, I think this could be – okay, let's put it this way. This is a potentially huge deal. Right. Right now it's a big deal. I mean, because he looks good, looks like he's in great shape, and we know what he can do in the football field. And – his stock is rising in, in the ADPs and actually in my mind too. I mean, I'm not avoiding this guy. I think even he's smart enough to realize, okay, this is, this is it. This, this is the last vestige of hope that I have for a real NFL career. And let's face it, he's on a team that probably gives him a top three of any team in the league chance at a championship. Now I got you. Got to think. Even a guy like Gordon wants to win a Super Bowl. 
wants the notoriety, wants the fame. And it's a, it's a big deal. I'm keeping an eye on him, and he's on the radar, that's for sure. Yeah, and I think, you know, here we go with, with the risk-reward again, right? When he plays, he's going to be great. Now, I think some people take it too far, right? You know, he's going to oh, be yeah. a wide receiver one. You know, looking back on it, when he has played in his entire career before last year's suspension, when he plays a game, right. he averages 83 yards a game. Averages. Right. <laughs> Pretty darn good, right? Been right about wide receiver 23 before he walked away or got suspended or, or whatever happened last year. So that's where I see him is, you know, he the potential to be a wide receiver too. Yeah, right. I, I think that that's kind of the ceiling for him, just in the way that offense worked. Edelman's still there. White's still there. Now there's 14 new running backs who are tearing up camp, so we're back to, you know, all my Sony Michelle love. I wonder if I'm <laughs> overdoing <laughs> that one a little bit. Probably not, but we can get into that later. You know, so I think, you know, fits in nicely to low-end run, wide receiver two, high-end three. I'm not drafting that. And if his ADP, you know, kind of stays where it's at, you know, right now I'm trying to find real quick. I think he's right around in the 40s, you know, wide receiver 40, you know, going all the way back. That, that's pretty good value, you know, and that's where I'm drafting him. I'm not counting on him because, look, your, your, points, no, no. your point's well taken. Even he's got to realize this is his last chance. He had to think that last time, and he had to think that the time before. I'd be fascinated if the story ever comes out what this really is, right, that, that he keeps getting this mercy from this league and this commissioner who has just crushed you know, like his teammate Tom Brady who set out four games over – knowledge of deflated footballs and yet josh gordon keeps getting chance after chance there, there's a very compelling yeah, something that's, that's about very this good backstory point. that we don't know that's a very good point and we've got golden tate sitting out four games with whatever that was something to do with fertility or whatever um i don't know really how much of an edge he has over his competitors using that but he's right. out four games yeah. i think it was ridiculous and meanwhile tyreek hill and josh gordon are going to start on week one right now the tyreek hill unpopularly I, right. I kind of agree with it but boy you look at it from that perspective and it's it's, it's kind of yucky and i'm with you and josh gordon don't get me wrong but when i say potential huge deal if he plays stays healthy and keeps his head right what him and Tom Brady could do over 16 games, I think, would make your head spin. Oh, absolutely. And, and he could very well just be the turning point that we'll see New England in a Super Bowl again. So, yeah, I mean, it's a potential big deal, a huge deal right now. Yeah, I'm like you, wide receiver too. I mean, that's that's what I'm thinking he might be. I don't think I'd want him as my two. I think that's his ceiling, mm-hmm. quite frankly. It's – I'd like to get him as my four. I don't think I'm going to get him, you know, that low with with the frenzy. I mean, I, I see him when you get down, you know, as I look at the ADP. When I get around, you know, A.J. Green with the injury, Christian Kirk, Robbie Anderson, Samuel Fuller, kind of those high upside guys, 
I think that's the tier he leads for me, and I think that's lower for other people. So I've got him under like Calvin Ridley, Alshon Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, Jarvis Landry, guys that I think are steady if unspectacular. You know, some I may think are better than others on that list, but I'd rather have one of those guys. I- I'm treating Josh Gordon also as a risk and looking for a value. Now, probably none of these three we've talked about in the risk reward. I'm going to get at the value I want for them, right? But that that's that's where I'm at with these cats. So you, you talk about Golden Tate. We'll leave that there. Le'Veon Bell, Rick's been announced he is not going to play in the preseason. 99 out of 100 times, I agree with that decision with a star player. But I wonder with Le'Veon Bell, it has been a long time since he played professional football. How much risk, additional risk, do you have, concern do you have that he comes out and pulls a hammy, those soft tissue injuries we spend yeah. so much time talking about here, or rust or or whatever, you know, where we value him? I've got him on a ton of teams already because he does feel like the best running back value in that first round. This makes me a little – I'd like to see him play a little bit of near real football, just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you'd like to see a little bit of something that's been so long that he's been laid off. But the Jets are erring on the side of caution. They are willing to put up with a slow start. It like he did that one year with Pittsburgh. You know, he was suspended or whatever and right. wasn't in camp. And you know, he had a slow start, but he ended up with a very good year. I think the Jets are willing to take that for a couple of games. I'm with you. I'm I like to see him play. I mean, who who wouldn't? Everybody's looking to see right. what he has and what kind of shape he's in, the speed, the cuts and so forth. Everything I've heard, everybody's throwing up the praises, but that's what you get out of a camp. Well, and, and he know. should look like the best player in camp. Sure. I have grave concerns over hamstring, groin, cap something you just you see it so often when a guy just holds out this guy's been holding out since 2017 (laughs) for god's sake it feels like so it makes me nervous i don't think it affects my draft value on him it's just that one what should be a yep bang Le'Veon bell put the sticker on the board if anybody still does that other than us here at the caveman league but now i'm kind of instead of that it's kind of like eh, here we go <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. drafting them because kind of because i got to not because i i want to so it's interesting it, it makes me nervous it scurs me and i just came across something that was posted today at 3 30 um from ian rapaport that Melvin Gordon's expected to miss regular season oh, time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's just he's, there's just nothing happening, and he's going to be missing games. I, I just, I, he is just not touchable to me. I don't see where he has any leverage either. I, I really don't think. Maybe I value those other Chargers running backs more than the Chargers do, but the way they're reacting, you know, from what it sounds like, they're not even contacting him. All right. Now it's, it says he's seeking a contract that was is. In the range of the top three contracts at that position, which would include a salary of at least 13 mil per season and $20 million in guarantees. Um, he's not going to get it. No, no. So it's either he's going to have to give or he's going to sit out all year. The, the Chargers aren't going to do it. I don't blame them. No, I, I, really I don't, don't either. And the, and the only way that, that Los Angeles is going to capitulate is if something would happen extremely early on to Eckler right. or something of that nature. Maybe. Yeah, maybe that, right. that gives him that little bit of leverage. 
All right, that's all I got for headlines. Real quick, we don't spend a lot of time on this. I want to get to the NFC preview, and that's probably going to take some time. But we did some overreactions out of preseason week one. So I thought I'd do the same thing with week two. And essentially, it came down to the same players again. Daniel Jones, Rick, he's going to make me going to lap Peyton Manning in his career. That's what I've decided after two <laughs> preseason games. I just uh, this is just me rooting so hard for this. He looks like a pro quarterback to me. I, he I don't does. think he should start the year out. I think he should get a little too. To the, I think we're going to see him this year at some point. But I think Eli gets the start, and this guy getting. You know, would you make a Baker Mayfield's comment? No. Is that anything to you? whatsoever? not at all. And they've already talked, and it's no big deal. It's just chatter. You let it go. You know what irritates me about that in these situations in general is the media, the real media, not right. like us, like the real media. All there and bounce. And even even fans, we gripe and complain. All these players say nothing. They just yeah. blah, 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 you know, off on to Cincinnati. And then when you ask them a direct question and they give you a direct answer, Oh, we we clutch our pearls and oh yeah. mercy me! How could you say something oh, like yeah. that? What do and, you want? And the same bozos that are saying how dare he insult our quarterback are the same schleps that are just saying you didn't deserve to be drafted. <laughs> right. You're a bum. We love Eli. We should have drafted somebody else. Yeah, I, I guess that's a, you know we can make fun of everybody in the trailer yeah. park, but you better not. Yeah, don't you come the, in here, city one slicker. Of the, one of those. Yeah. And, and look, how about this? This shouldn't be stunning to you. Guess what? Baker Mayfield is a cocky douche. But you know what? Great quarterbacks, great athletes tend to be cocky douches. So <laughs> I have yeah. no issue with this. I don't think this affects anything in his everyday uh, in his everyday life. <laughs> no, exactly. I'll tell you one thing, and I don't think this is not an overreaction or anything, but one thing that's concerning to me, and I, I was tweeting with somebody about it, it's, it's amazing to me that everyone is totally stunned that Jimmy Garoppolo is having a poor preseason. Right, right. Just, they're just stunned. What's going on? The guy missed the entire year last year. He's basically, what, a second-year guy? If you think about it. He had a handful, what, a half a dozen good games. Yeah. And that was that. Right. He's a young guy. He's got hardly any experience in – all of a sudden, it's like, what's wrong with him? Blah, blah, blah. Look, he's learning the ropes. He's good, probably going to be a very good quarterback. But it takes some time. There's not that many quarterbacks run in and are Johnny Unitas all over again. And if, if I had one actual real concern, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think this could fall in the overreaction type of category in watching that game. And watching him play, a lot of it was just rust. You know, he, he hasn't played and started a lot of NFL games. He, he had that meteoric rise, and then the brutal injury and sitting out a year and and rehabbing it and and everything that went with that. So you expect a level of rust. What if I was going to overreact? To anything? If anything made me nervous, is he did look? I want to say uncomfortable back there. I don't know, not sure of the knee yet, afraid of sure. injury, afraid of, of taking a hit. That concerns me. That, in my mind, takes a little longer to get over than just the rust. You know, a pro quarterback will shake that rust off right quick. Right. You know, a couple of games, a couple of hits. He looked a little unsure of himself back here. He looked a little uncomfortable. Now, maybe, maybe it is one, you know, 
you know, one preseason game, two preseason games to see, all right, yeah, the knee is all right. I can trust that. My rehab's good, and maybe that goes away. But I, I think there may be more of something between the ears with that, with, with Jimmy G right now, than there is even necessarily physically. That that I would be a little bit concerned with. Right. Uh, and look, Rick, your 85-catch prediction for James Washington right here on the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show last week may be an undersell. I am starting to get myself whipped into a fr- – now, we may get to the regular season and, all right, here's old pro Dante Moncrief, and we're going to see this stuff we heard about all of camp before they started playing games. Perhaps you, you see that step up. But, boy, he looks comfortable. He looks – He does. He has to have the rapport with Ben Roethlisberger, though. That's that's, that's the big the thing. thing. He hasn't. We haven't seen him play with Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> exactly. We see him playing with his college quarterback, which was, but you know, it wasn't great last priest. He just looks comfort comfortable. He's high pointing the ball. He he's all where he's supposed to be. All the criticisms against him last year, right? He seems to have figured out. And there's a lot of catches available. Plus, Juju's going to see a lot of double coverage. I'm telling you, I'm not backing down from that prediction at all. I think it's certainly in the realm of possibilities. Very realistic. All right, everybody. Get your bookies on the phone. It is time we predict the entire NFC beginning to end division by division right out to who will be representing the National Football Conference in the Super Bowl in Miami this year. Where do you want to start? Let's start at the top, Rick. NFC North. Oh, I caught you right in the middle of a sip. That's terrible. That's okay. Terrible I mean, there. it's fine. If you want to if start you would in the put north. that al- liquor down for four minutes. <laughs> you carry around a brown jug with three X's on it. I've never seen such a thing. Yeah, but see, I, I don't do that thing that's like hooked over the arm. It's like really weird. You see in the old movies. I don't know why they do that. You just grab it with two hands and chug it. You got better control. They're trying to sip it. They're trying to be a little more classy. So you want to go north first. Okay, let me scroll down here. I did the east first. Okay, here we go. I believe, quite frankly, Rick, this is the toughest division of football. Based on records, that's what I have as well. Yeah, I mean, I I truly believe it. And I think this division uh, winner is going to be the Chicago Bears. I think they they have a great defense. They have a young offense that's coming together and really finding their identity. And quite frankly, if not in such a tough division, I'd probably have them around 13-3. and three. As such, I have them at 11-5 and five and taking the division. All right, well, I have the Bears one game off of yours. I have them at 10-6. and six. All right. But that's not good enough to win this division for me. Spoiler oh, alert. Wow. But look, Chicago, this all is about one thing. Right, one thing and one thing only. Does Mitchell Trubisky take that next step? We know what the defense is. They're going to be great. It's going to be a nightmare going into Soldier Field when the wind's howling 900 miles an hour and trying to move the ball against that Bears defense. <clears throat> you know, they bring in Singletary. You still got Cohen. The running game's going to be great. You know, a lot of fascinating options, pass-catching options. It begins, ends, and the only conversation is Trubisky and how far can he take this team. And I think in this division and with that schedule they play, this is going to be tough for him to take that next huge step. I think this just feels like a 10-6, and six, maybe an 11-5 and five team. I have him at 10-6, and six, who I presume you have in second place. Rick. Well, maybe I shouldn't presume this. Who I have winning this division at a whopping 12-4 and four is the Minnesota Vikings, Rick. I 
this again, it's always about the quarterback. It's about Kirk Cousins. Can he start to win those games against good teams, against playoff teams? The weapons on offense are stupid. A presumably healthy Dalvin Cook now, Thielen, Diggs, the guys at the tight end position, Rudolph. Every that offense is scary. It is potent, and if Kirk Cousins plays to potential, along with what's still a really good defense, the Minnesota Vikings. I got them at twelve and four and winning this division. I agree with everything you said, especially about Kirk Cousins if he plays to his potential. And I love the guy. Don't don't get me wrong. I I'm hoping that I can flip flop these teams. And you're correct. And for one time, I'm actually rooting for you because I would love <laughs> to see him succeed, and I would love to see Minnesota take it. There they were a bit of a disappointment given the expectations last year. It was kind of a letdown um, after that big year the year before. Cousins is in his second seasons with him, and all the offensive pieces are there. They even brought Kyle Rudolph back. People thought he was going to be left going in the offseason, but he wasn't. Defense is still very good. I think they have a great chance to win this division. I'm just not, I guess, convinced as you are that Cousins is going to take that step. If, if it gets down to two minutes to go against Aaron Rodgers, I'm still going to throw the money on Rodgers in a tight game. It's just one of those things. It's kind of like Cousins, don't, please don't turn into the Tony Romo of the 2010s. You know, where you throw up good right. numbers and you just don't win the big games. So, I, you know, I, you're right. You, I, you presume correctly. I do have them second. I have them at 10 and 6. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think if he ups his play, two-game difference, not, not a problem, really. Yeah, all right. Not hard to predict then who we both have in third place with the Green Bay Packers. I got them coming in at 9 and 7, uh, three, and, 3 and 3 in the division. Yeah, I got them at nine and seven, three and three in division. Here's a problem: that offense or that defense isn't very good. <laughs> you got Aaron Rodgers; that's pretty good, right? We can agree on that. Still one of the best. You got Devontae Adams, stud. That's pretty good. There you go. I ran out of good things to say about Green Bay. Yeah. Look, I I, I like the running backs in terms of. I don't like them in terms of fantasy football. I think you're going to see some back and forth there a little bit. And it's just not consistent. It's really not what they do. The offensive line isn't great. I think Aaron Rodgers gets himself knocked around. I have them winning nine games solely on the strength of Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers and having the ability to win, will a team to eight or nine wins a year. I just think, you know, from a fantasy standpoint and from a, a, a real on-the-field football standpoint, after Rodgers, after Adams, there isn't much left to talk about. No, exactly. I have Green Bay at 8-8, eight and eight, and this is verbatim what I wrote. And like we said, we don't talk before the shows. Rodgers is still considered one of the best. Devontae Adams is a stud-wide receiver. The questions start after that. Will the defense pick it up in 2019? I, I really don't think so because I don't think they're that good. Right. Can Aaron Jones be the back that they need to take pressure off of Rodgers? I don't know, but they haven't had one for years. You know, can they keep the O-line piece together? There we go again. I mean, it's not very good as it is, and they need to piece it together for 16 games. There's just lots of questions that's going to keep the Packers hanging around, but eventually they're just going to fall short. Yeah, and that's what it's – and they'll probably get off to a hot start, right? Aaron Rodgers, healthy and in good weather. Adams will be putting up huge numbers, you know, uh, blah, blah, blah. 
my mind just went blank. Aaron Jones yeah. will be running the ball well with that offensive line. Being what it is, guys are going to get beat up. Guys are going to get nicked up. And that defense isn't good enough to keep up with, you know, certainly what they have in the division, you know, a quarterback with, with Stafford, with Cousins, and with uh, – who did I forget there? Trubisky. Uh, Drew Mitch Trubisky. I think it's going to be tough. They're going to face great defenses where basically, you know, if you're going to have to be a, a two-horse team, those are two pretty good horses to have in <laughs> yeah. Rodgers and Adams. But just you looking still... at the talent in this division, it's tough. And I think it's off to a good start and kind of fade as the year goes on. And let's not forget, there's been already, before they even took the field, some consternation between the quarterback right. and your boy LeFleur. Yes. There's already some animosity there. Aaron Rodgers has had a bit of a chip on his shoulder the last couple of years. I, I don't think it's, it's no bueno, Rick. No bueno at all. I'm with you. And then fourth place comes to the Detroit Lions. Look, the Lions are expecting a lot of good things from the offense. And this team won't be horrible, but they're just in the wrong division right, yeah. when it gets right down to it. The Lions have not had a top-notch running back since Sanders. And Karrion Johnson, he's expected to be huge, but – I think the expectations for him, fantasy and in regular football, just a little – I just don't think they're going to get that out of him. They just – that's not the Lions. Matt Stafford insists his back is fine. You've been talking about that this preseason. But if it's fine, why are you talking about it? I mean, right. that was last year, right? And they're still – he's still talking about, oh, the back's fine. Well, okay. But I just see too many weaknesses right now in Detroit in, like I said, in the best division of football. And I, I got them at 7-9. and nine. I don't think they're going to be horrible, but I don't know if they can climb out of the cellar. Yeah, I, I brought them in at 4-12. and 12. I'm not even as big mm, of a, wow. a, a believer as you are for, for what that's worth. You know, Matt Stafford, this is the year, Rick. This pains me to stay. For anybody who's listened to this show for any length of time, I have lived and breathed that 5,000-yard season feels like 242 years ago at this point. <laughs> yeah. And predicted it's going to happen again and waited and waited and waited for my quarterback and said, I'm going to grab Matt Stafford in the double-digit rounds and you all clowns watch. I'm going to win the championship. And, and it has and you worked have. out. It's, yeah. it's – He's going to make mistakes. But this is the year he finally puts it together. <laughs> it isn't. He sucks. Yeah, man, it's pretty, pretty, pretty much as simple as that. Uh, look, Carryon Johnson's an, an interesting case for me. I think you know, based on opportunity, you know, you get the Riddick out of town, right? I, I think that helps him. Oh, it, it definitely. Can't hurt him. You know, you bring C.J. Anderson in. You know, nice little finish to the last season, but come on, <laughs> you know, carry on. Johnson's going to have every opportunity. His his ability to catch the football is what's going to make or break this. His ADP right now in full time fantasy is as running back twelve. I think that's pretty fair. Now Leonard Fournette, he's just ahead of. I like him over Fournette. I don't like him over Freeman. I don't think I like him over Damian Williams. But he, he's pretty close but I'll tell you what here's Chris yeah, see that's the thing he's if for my money if, if I'm going after a running back one just the the idea that Johnson is a little bit ahead of Freeman who's on the Atlanta Falcons right we know what, De, what Devontae Freeman can do when healthy I, I'm willing to to risk my money to roll the dice more on than Devontae Freeman than on the Detroit line. Right. No, exactly. You know, right? You know? Exactly. And so 
I just don't think that team's going to be very good. And so often we've waited for how many guys? That guy in Detroit, the high-powered offense, that he's going to come out and he's going to be that breakout, you know, top ten type of running back star. It doesn't happen often there in Detroit. It's not who they are. It begins and ends with Stafford. He makes brutal errors when it it matters most. When Detroit plays and you think it's going to be a shootout, they score six. Uh, It's just this team, you know, and I think that affects on Johnson less so much than the, the ability of carry on Johnson. All right, where do you want to go now, Ray? You you make the decision. All right, well, we started in the north. Let's go to the south, the dirty south. I, I hate predicting this one because it's always whoever finished last finishes first the next year, and I never have the guts to pick it. So uh, I'll, I'll let you start this show, Rick. Who do you have winning the south? This was a division where I was afraid to really give – Three of the teams, a really good record or a bad record. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers. I've got the Saints taking it in a tiebreaker at 10-6. and six. Oh, wow. So you have them at 10-6. I, I do. I have them winning it, but I have them at 12-4. and four. Wow. I, I think okay. they're a dominant team this year. I hope they are. Uh, and I'm just – Mark Ingram's gone. There, there's a few little subtle changes that may not affect them. Um, but I think Atlanta's going to be better. I think Carolina's a little better than what people uh, are giving them credit for. And but I, you know they have the offense and the and the defense to win it all. I, I fully convinced of that. And and they should have made it to the Super Bowl last year. Most of the teams still intact. They are a year older. And I think this is Breeze's best chance for for another title. I, I'm with you. I just think it's going to be a pretty close division. I could have said eleven and five and felt good about it, but it, you know I have Atlanta at ten and six as well. Right, right. And so that's where I'm at. I got New Orleans taking it. Yeah, and I mean if you know, twist my arm, yeah, I'll say eleven and five just to make it that yeah. it's not a, yeah. a tie. But it doesn't matter. I actually right. found a simulator, Rick. I like a fool in August, predicted every game of the season to come up go. with these records. So they should even jive with each other at the end if you did the math. So, look, look, when New Orleans, this is about we know what Alvin Kamara is going to be, right? Obviously, you know, Latavius Murray. Case in point, didn't mean to interrupt you, but I saw just a little article today, and I, I was at work, but I was at lunchtime. I was browsing around, and I saw this. Predicting that Kamara is running back two numbers this year. Based on what? I don't know. I didn't have time to read the whole thing. I thought it was hokey, but it was on a big site and is a well-organized name. So I'm that's as far as I'm leaving at that. You're not getting me to in any way, shape, or form believe he's a running back two. If I have any concern with Alvin Kamara, it is this. Can Latavius Murray be Mark Ingram? As great as Kamara's numbers were in the first four weeks last year when uh, – good Lord, what is wrong with me When Mark Ingram was suspended. I was terrified of his usage. You you were happy to see Ingram come back as a Kamara owner. You worry about his usage. How much of that work can Latavius Murray take and keep Kamara in that role where he's not overworked to where he's on the field three downs over and over and over again and taking a beating? If I have any concern there, look, we know who Michael Thomas is. A lot of people predicting the downfall of Drew Brees. I don't buy it. He's still Drew Brees. 
He's still got that offensive line. He's still got Michael Thomas. He's still got all the weapons around him. You know, you look at where we're forever trying to find who's that second reliable fantasy wide receiver in New Orleans. I still don't think there is one. You know, I, I really don't. Traquan Smith is intriguing. I guess, but he's a late-round flyer for me. And, of course, nobody's going to mess with Ted Ginn or Kirkwood or, or any of these other guys named Mo at that <laughs> point. But with that big three, with the way they play defense, with the home field advantage in that dome, I don't. it just feels like, you know, the universe owes them one. <laughs> After right. the way last season ended, that might be part of it. And we'll get to that when we get out into the playoffs. Spoiler alert for everyone there. But I think it's them. So then we agree to the Atlanta Falcons, right? Yes. I got him at ten and six, coming in second place. You know, this this is a team. Devontae Freeman presumably back and healthy. Matt Ryan still doing Matt Ryan things. They decided in the second half of the season that hey, when we get close to the end zone, we could still throw to this Jones guy, and, and he'll probably catch them, and we'll score some. Boy, remember that saga? What was it, week eight or nine, before he got yeah. into the end zone last year? The, the emergence of Ridley, exciting things with that offense. Their, their defense. I don't know if I'm sold, and I think that's the differentiator. I don't know if they can get get in a shootout with New Orleans. I don't know if they can get in a shootout and and, and win with that defense to the level of winning the division. I think this is a team perfectly capable right. of it, and it has the horses. I think it's a good, steady playoff team is what I think Atlanta I do, is. too. And, and I think that your concern at running back with New Orleans as a negative, you know, a possible negative, is trumped a little bit by the return of a healthy DeFonde Freeman. Right. What he, what he can do in that Atlanta backfield. Look, I'm said it a million times, and I'm convinced of it this year. I'm not believing in Tevin Coleman. He couldn't do what DeFonde Freeman did when he's the featured back, and I think that makes a big difference. I think this is why it's going to be. It was so hard for me to really take a definitive winner out of that. I think Atlanta is going to be very good. Um, I think they come up just a, just a tad shy somehow right. in a tiebreaker, but they're definitely a playoff team in my book as we get farther into it. At third, I have Carolina. I have them at nine and seven. Oh wow! Okay. I mean, I, look, they look right now to be poised to challenge for the division on paper. Um, Cam Newton's been fighting the injury bug, and he takes a pounding. I mean, and that's one big concern that I have. Greg Olson's back, but he's still concerned with foot issues over the last two seasons, and he's not getting any younger. McCaffrey's great, and for them to get nine and seven, he has to stay healthy. I think the defense is fine, but when you're playing New Orleans and Atlanta twice in shootout games, um, I think a lot has to go right for Carolina to leap over the Saints and the Falcons. I think they're going to be a pretty decent team, but I think they're going to fall short of the playoffs. Yeah, I have them in third place. I have them a bit lower at six and ten. I, wow. I think here's what it comes down to. Here's the reasons to be excited, right? McCaffrey, you've got Cam Newton's security blanket back in your boy Greg Olson. Yeah, I just have no faith in Greg Olson's ability to to play sixteen games. I don't have any faith in his ability to play nine games at this point. Maybe you know, this is recency bias, perhaps, but it just just makes me very nervous. The, the The defense is good, not great. You know, they're they're just fine. 
But to your point, playing those two teams, you know, I think McCaffrey lives up to all the expectations we have for him from a fantasy standpoint and, and perhaps even exceeds them. I think where, where it falls is you still look – Tiger doesn't change its stripes. Is that the same? I, I think leopard doesn't change its spots. Yeah, Tiger maybe, doesn't change. Maybe that's it. Stripes. Skunk doesn't smell like roses. Rick, I don't. Rick know. Briggs doesn't change his drinking habits. <laughs> you know, any anything like that. So you look at we. You know, we've talked. We talked about this a lot with with the with the young wide receivers, right? In in, in Curtis Samuel and uh, DJ Moore. It's just Cam Newton ain't that dude, right? It's still, we, we talked about that. So I don't think you see the offense take that giant leap that they could take based on the talent. I think based on talent, Moore and Samuel are those guys. And with a healthy Olsen and with what McCaffrey can do both in the running game and the passing game, this has a potential to be as high-powered of an offense as what the teams we right. have ahead of them knew, but it's not what they do. And Cam Newton, you go out, things start to go wrong. We've talked a lot about this right and no question about cam newton's ability but boy when things start going wrong he starts taking more on his shoulders he gets a little obstinate about things you right. see it you know with the media how does that translate on the field i just think you know maybe in other divisions this team is a team on paper you're talking about as a division favorite i just don't think they stack up well with their division opponents the schedule's not the easiest and I think it's just one of those things with Cam Newton. If this thing gets rolling the wrong direction for a couple of games, it can get out from underneath them, and I think that's what happens here as they finish 6-10. and 10. Very possible. And in the cellar, we have Tampa Bay. I just don't see any huge leaps for Tampa Bay this year. Yeah, I love Bruce Arians. I like Mike Evans. You know, I'm even warming up to Godwin. But Winston has to take some huge leaps forward. The running game with Barber and or Jones, flip a coin, doesn't scare anybody. And and the defense stinks, and they face New Orleans, Atlanta, and Carolina twice, not to mention the Rams, not to mention the Colts, not to mention the Seahawks. And and that offense also faces a Jacksonville defense. I mean, they're just not a lot stacking up. I have Tampa at 4-12, and And I'm not sure they even do that. Yeah, I, I got them at five and eleven. <clears throat> Look, this is all about. We're going to say this a lot. It's easy to say, I guess, but this really is all about Jameis Winston. They're not going to have much of a running game to speak of. You know, we'll, we'll, we've debated all summer, and we'll debate heading into drafts, and we'll get these questions once the season start. You know, between between Barber and, and Ronald Jones, I just don't think there's going to be much of a running game to speak of. We know who Mike Evans is. You know, I wonder if Winston can be good enough to let Godwin be what what I think he could be. You know, this is a guy I owned all over the place last year. I, I was in love with it. I think he does take that next step up. And I think he lives up to his relatively lofty ADP at this point. But the real concern. But is it going to be garbage time? Well, exactly. You know, yeah. And that's the problem. Jameis Winston, I just don't see him taking that step, becoming that guy. Look, he's going to be a great stat compiler. But in terms of winning football games, look, your boy Fitzmagic ain't there no more. Now you're talking about Blaine Gabbert. You know, so there, there's no safety net this year. Right. You know, some have made the argument that's good for Jameis Winston. He doesn't have to look over his shoulder. The coaching staff doesn't have that carrot of, all right, Jameis is struggling here. You know, we can bring Fitzpatrick in. I, 
I, I don't buy it. If he was, if he was ready, if he was that dude, it wouldn't matter who was sitting behind him. It, it would never be a concern. exactly. This just really comes down to a pedestrian defense. Some some intriguing players at the wide receiver position, a bad running game, and a and a quarterback who I just don't trust. Now, from a fantasy perspective. I'm on James Winston's going to be riding some of my roster. Oh yeah, I and think Mike a lot Evans of garbage time. I think they're in a lot of you know they're they're in a lot of lopsided affairs. A lot of trying to come back and look. We know what Jameis Winston can do on the deep ball. It's on that intermediate stuff where you're going to move the ball, especially when you don't have a good running game where he struggles. And I think that that costs him a lot of football games. And I have them it's cellar dwelling at five and eleven. All right, let's go to the East, Rick. I yeah, I kind of wish we'd have got this one out of the way earlier. But, <laughs> I stunned myself with this one. Well, then I'll let you predict. start then. Not with the order. Okay. But I had Philadelphia <laughs> come in at 13-3. and three. If Carson Wentz stays healthy, there is talent both sides of the football. Sure. All over, all over this roster. Everywhere you look, it is there. Not a lot of competition in this division. Which, Especially if Zeke doesn't play. Yeah, that, that's the big one. And, you know, I want to get a caveat when we get down to Dallas. Yep. But really, I mean, Carson Wentz, you know, this is a guy who's won a lot of football games. What I need to see him do for this prediction to be correct is play a game in December. You know, he, he hasn't really done that very often. You know, the running game's intriguing. Your boy Jordan Howard, you know, I know you're all over him. Looking more like he's going to be a situational type of guy as as uh, uh, Miles Sanders really, right. really getting. You know it's going to be a committee. Clement's still there. Jordan Howard's still there. I, I do worry a lot of people, Sanders creeping up that ADP board, people getting excited about it. I think he's going to get his. I think Jordan Howard still gets plenty. Jordan Howard has done it in this league and, and done it at a high level. And, you know, not massive names at the wide receiver position. However, you look at Alshon Jeffrey, you bring Deshaun Jackson back. Aguilar's been solid, just names, just just solid. Well, top let's not bottom. forget Zach Ertz. Yeah, and hey, Zach you know. Ertz, one of the top three tight ends in the league. Right. You know, a lot of people think Dallas Goddard, you know, is a big part right. of that as well. It, it's just nope. based on the competition and the level of talent on that team, 13-3 and three seems a little lofty after I got done with my simulator, well, but they easily run away with this division. Yeah, we talk about the caveat with Zeke not playing for Dallas, but let's face it, with Sudfield out, I don't know how for how long. If if Wentz goes down, they're in big trouble. They, they're they are in big trouble. Nick They've Foles got ain't a, walking through that door. No, he's not there to save the day any longer. But you're. I mean, I have them at twelve and four. Um, they're the only team in the East really right now that doesn't seem to be in turmoil. They have a good defense. The offense is very solid. Wentz has to stay healthy, as we mentioned, because Nick Foles is gone. But other than that. Look, they're playing Washington Redskins twice, the New York Giants twice, and if Elliott's not playing, a Zekeless Cowboys right. twice. So I have them at twelve and four, taking the division, not a problem. I have Dallas at second with a caveat. I have them at nine and seven if Zeke's playing. If not, I don't know where the spiral takes them, but it's at least two games worse, I would say. Um, a lot of people aren't saying that. Well, Frank Pollard can walk right in there. They look; it's possible because they have an excellent offensive line. So I'm staying with the nine and seven. 
it, it, it's a stretch if he doesn't sign. But the defense is very good. Dak and Cooper, um, I think they're going to be a good combination. And like I said, with that offensive line, they can win division games. So they're in second place at nine and seven. Yeah, I, I have them at seven and nine. Probably that two game bump of assuming Ezekiel Elliott misses some time. I don't believe he misses the entire season, but I think he misses a little time at the beginning of this year. And, and look, Tony Pollard's nice. He, he looked good in the last preseason game. I'm sorry. You know, I'm going to have to look. Listen back to the you report. called him Frank. Okay, yeah, I was going to say I called him Frank. He yeah. used to play for the Steelers. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, what am I doing? Okay, yeah, I just let it ride. I'm glad you did, but yeah, yeah Tony. Well, I'm glad, glad you were self aware though. So he ain't Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel no. Elliott is special. He is special, and that offense is built, designed, and run through Ezekiel. Elliott. Right. Without him, Dak Prescott struggles. You look, Amari Cooper. Look, it's like taking McCaffrey off Carolina. Right, exactly. Simple as that. Pro athletes play through this fasci- plantar fasciitis. It's not the end of the world. It's not an Achilles. I don't like a big time receiver going into a season before we even start with something that's going to nag him the entire season. I know. I don't like it. It makes me nervous. It gets a little weak behind him. You know, a lot of people are excited about Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb's in town. I think there's just a bunch of other guys, a bunch of other dudes, you know, after Amari right. Cooper. And we saw that, which is why in the middle of the season last year, they gave up the fir- the first-round pick for Amari Cooper, and it turned their season around, right? So that tells you how important it is. I don't like him having that injury. I know Jason Witten is your man crush, but <laughs> Jason Witten is about four months, four months younger than you. Look, he'll have some value there. Look, just without Ezekiel Elliott, with the injury concerns with Amari Cooper, it's not going to be a very good football team. It, no. it's, they're, they're good enough defensively. That offensive line is good enough, to your point, to win some division games, to surprise some people at home. That, you know, without Ezekiel Elliott, you know, they're about a 500 team. They contend for this division if it went, if and when Ezekiel Elliott shows up. I don't believe Tony or Frank, his brother Pollard, <laughs> can step in. You know, they can bridge that gap to a degree, but no. Right. Just without Ezekiel Elliott, there's nothing more to talk about, really. Although I've talked for 10 minutes, there's yeah. nothing more to talk about. And I want to spend a lot of time on, on three and four. I have New York in third place. I have them at six and ten because when you have high hopes for the Giants, they're miserable. And, <laughs> and, when, and when you write them off as as a two and fourteen team, they'll tend to do something a little bit better. Look, the Daniel Jones era to me has begun. I think the Giants will be better for it. Barkley's a stud. The Giant receivers they're going to be replaced in the next couple of years. There's, there's not a lot there, I don't think. And the, and then they're going to have to work on defense. I have them at 6-10. and 10, Might be a little lofty, but I'm just being optimistic for the Giants. I have the Skins at 3-13. and 13. There's Ooh, just wow. not okay. much to talk about to me. Uh, the quarterback is a question mark. The running back, while it does have some upside, I think it's a question mark. The defense, not going to be able to rescue many games from them. And the, Look, we have already talked about the receivers. I there's just not much I like with the Redskins. Yeah, yeah, I, I have them flipped. I got the Redskins at five and eleven, the G- Giants at four and twelve. 
flip a coin, you lose either way, you know, with these two teams. You know, the, the Giants, I just think, you want to talk about a lack of weapons at, from anybody who's not named Saquon Barkley with Golden Tate being out for a game. You know, Sterling Shepard's a guy, we, you tell you what, you don't talk about a lot on a fantasy show, but just by default, <laughs> you may have a nice yeah, first half. Yeah, him and Ingram, exactly. Might, might have, you know, Evan Ingram, I, I think, creeps into a top five tight end. You know, I don't think I'm breaking any ground with that, but that is a guy I am targeting. But really beyond that, the depth chart's just pathetic. And look, Washington defensively, look, what was the formula that almost had them in the playoffs last year, at least very early on for a long time, was Alex Smith not turning the football over and playing good defense. A defense can't do that for 16 games. With Trent Williams holding out and similar to Melvin Gordon, seemingly no end to this holdout in sight. Now, I'm sure it's breaking right now that the holdout yeah, is ended. As soon as we're done, he's but, signed. With no end to it in sight, and kind of ca- after Sheriff, everything else just sort of cobbled together with Eric Flower and all these guys, a bunch of guys named Mo. It's going to be tough for Darius guys coming off that injury. We're going to get our first look at him this week. You know, Adrian Peterson had a nice year last year, but what was that? that again, that was predicated on the Alex Smith ball control 2025 20, carries when he had his big right. games. You're going to be trying to work guys in the receivers. Bleh, you know, at some point, you're going to see. Haskins, that'll be fun to see. It's going to be a bad, bad football team. So, I agree. So pick, pick one. It doesn't matter which which direction they finish. And go West, young man. I still think it's the Rams division. I have them at 11-5. and five. There, There's a lot of people out there expecting them to, to uh, regress a little bit. I, I think Gurley is healthy. They haven't really been talking about it, but reports are that he's very fast, very quick in camp. I'm Banking on Todd Gurley being okay, I think I think golf will continue to improve, and the wide receivers are great. Defense is still one of the best. Not to mention the Cardinals are bad. San Francisco is not as good as everybody wants them to be, and Seattle's getting older. So it's the Rams, baby. Eleven and five. Yeah, yeah. I am a fourteen and two. Rick. Wow. I expect no regression. Wow. From this team whatsoever. They're exciting. Aaron Donald's the best player, I think, in the league. Certainly the best defensive player in the league. They've got talent up and down. You've got – I still buy into McVay. you got the innovative coach. I just think if Todd Gurley I, – I make these predictions based on the assumption that whatever was going on with Todd Gurley has worked out and he's going to continue to do Todd Gurley things. How do you shut this offense down? What do you do? And then how successful are you going to be against Aaron Donald and against that secondary in L.A.? I just think divisionally, certainly, you know, nobody's a match for them. You know, Seattle probably give them a rough time here and there. And I just I don't think the NFC is all that good, Rick. And I, I like I actually like their matchups against the teams in the AFC North this year. I just, I expect big big things from Woods. I expect big things from from Brandon Cooks. I think those two. And it's funny how their ADP continues. Those two continue to be right beside each other. So everyone in the fantasy community, including me, doesn't know which one's going to be better. Right. They're they're kind of right there. You know, a healthy Cooper Cup I think makes it off. In a healthy Todd Gurley makes that offense what we saw last year makes them a night. I agree with you. I just couldn't go the 14 and 2. I mean, look, they play the, you know, obviously play Seattle twice. They play the AFC North, which means they're playing Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. 
They're playing um, Chicago. They're playing, let's see, who else? New Orleans are playing Carolina. So, obviously, they're playing the south of the NFC. And, of course, they've got Dallas, Arizona twice, obviously. But uh, I don't know. I think you're going to lose a few games more than two, but I still have them winning the division like you. So, all right, second place got to be Seattle, right? Yeah. Any any question there? Not in my mm-hmm. mind, none whatsoever. Yeah. So I, I got Seattle at nine and seven. You know, yep. I think Russell Wilson. You talk about a guy who can will a team to win games. That team had no business winning any games last year with the with the injuries, with the just the turmoil, the turnover, every everything that went on in Seattle. And Russell Wilson, you know, he just went out and found him away. And Pete Carroll has it relates to that team and he keeps that team together. And their running game is gonna be really good with Carson and Penny. The defense, while not feared you know, like in years past, it's still a good one. And like you said, Russell Wilson, man, they're just going to be a hard team to pull away from, I think, in that division, even though you have the Rams doing it quite easily. Yeah, they were just lapping people. I have San Francisco 7-9. and nine. People want them to be good, but I think it just takes time. I mean, Garoppolo still has some growing to do. You know, we talked about him a little bit before. He's essentially, what, a second-year guy. When I mean, it gets right down to it, he missed all last year with that knee. McKinnon. I'm guessing he's probably done again. The backfield's not that strong. Kittle's great. Defense is solid. Uh, But he's going to need some wide receivers to really come up huge, and he's going to have to take steps. I'm talking about Garoppolo, take steps forward to really make a difference. I I have them at 7-9. and I got the Cardinals at 4-12. and They put all their eggs in the – Five foot ten Kyler Murray basket. I'm just not convinced. It's going to be a long year. Patrick Peterson suspended. I, I, it's just a. I have him at four and twelve, and that could be generous. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you know, rolling back Seattle. You know, really, the only comment you have with Seattle is Chris Carson is a guy. There's still some Rashard Penny believers out there, and he's going to get his touches, and, and he's going to have a game or two. I think Chris Carson more than anybody else in fantasy football has the ability to be leaps and bounds exceeding his ADP. He's sitting at uh, running back 19 right now, so kind of right. a low end too. The, the, this guy, if he gets the opportunity, if he stays healthy, this is a guy I think could slip into the top 12. I, I really do. You know, he was a top five guy yeah. for you know at a certain point last year. Through well, 1170 the yards, <clears throat> something like that last year, <clears throat> rushing nine rushing touchdowns, yeah, just right. solid as a rock. Tyler Lockett's a guy you can kind of get Tyler at a discount. Lockett, exactly. Who, you know, you look not a lot of you know after him. You know, DK Metcalf. You know, boy, he's cool to look at, right? <laughs> you right. know, yeah. And, but but I just don't know rookie wide receiver. He's got some questions. Has always had trouble staying healthy. And then you know. Tell me everything you know about David Moore, Gary Jennings, you know, Jaron Brown's there. Darren, yeah, David Moore's intriguing because somebody's going to have to pick up that right. uh, next level. But, um, yeah, you're right. And, look, from a fantasy perspective, I agree 100% with Carson. But I'll tell you what, we're predicting just like the regular season. Man, it's great having a, a tandem like Carson and Penny. Yeah, oh, no, you know, no question about it. You know, Carson gets d- dinged up a little bit. You want to take a blow for a couple series, no problem. We're fine. You yeah. Know? And that's that makes a big difference th- over the course of a season. Yeah, you know, heading, heading to San Francisco – you know, we talked about it in the overreactions a little bit. I'll, I'll be curious to see the first couple weeks of the regular season when the bullets start flying. 
it was is what we're seeing with Jimmy Garoppolo rust, or is there a confidence issue there? And how long does it take to overcome that that mental aspect of coming off that injury? Look, Adrian Peterson ruined this for everybody. He tears his ACL. It felt like two and a half weeks later he was back and better than he was. Before. Now we expect this, right? You know, it used to be the career ender. Then it was a full year. Now it's kind of backed up to nine months, and then these guys come back to their same level where they were prior. And, you know, I, th- I think it's an unfair expectation coming off of that injury. I'm a little higher on Tevin Coleman than you are. I think you're just having him in that offense with that coaching staff who he's comfortable with. I think he gets plenty of opportunity. The real problem with me, you know, you've you got the tight end in Kittle. You know, I think he, he maybe exceeds <laughs> what's being said about him because of my concern with his team is that wide receiver position. You know, Pettis was the guy all off season and all, you know, every fantasy podcast yeah. you listen to and every article you read and everything coming out of campus. He's just been terrible. He's just been awful. And is Dante Pettis, the kind of guy that flips that switch in week one, I'm not so certain. You know, not a lot being said to good, about Goodwin. And then you got, you know, Debo Samuel. It's, it's yeah, I know. Rookie. It's just, you know, I, I think Kittle, and, and I think almost by default, even if you don't like Coleman and his ability to, you know, to take that job over in Atlanta, I think in, in that Shanahan offense with the lack of other weapons, I think Tevin Campbell, Te- that guy, yeah, Pooey, that guy, you know, along with Kittle, boy, they, they could put up some big numbers just by default. I, so I, I have them at six and ten. And look, Arizona people still, still Rick, still Kyler Murray. I, I read something on Twitter today that said. If you don't think that Kyler Murray is a QB1 in fantasy yeah, football, I saw that. perhaps fantasy football isn't the game for you. Right. It, it's one series and one preseason game, but that first series, did you happen to be watching it when they played Oakland? No, I did not. Last game. It was incomplete. Run backwards towards the line of scrimmage. Overthrow. He, he just looks lost. And, look, that's not a bad thing. He, he's no. a rookie quarterback. It's his second preseason game. Look, what he can do with his legs is special, and he's going to have a couple of those games, right? And he's got the big arm, and Larry Fitzgerald's going to help him. I just don't see it. I think it's going to be a process for this guy. He oh. just doesn't look like the step-in, lockdown wide receiver well, nine, or pro- quarterback nine that everyone thinks. Yeah. Where, where is this coming from? I don't know. I mean, David Johnson, obviously – Look, you have Johnson, you have Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk somehow is supposed to explode this year, but it's a rookie quarterback and it's a bad team. I you put Peyton Manning on a horrible team his rookie year, and they were what three and thirteen. And he was right. I don't know a million interceptions. I have no idea. But I mean, this is like you said, it's a process. This is a bad team. It's going to take some time to get back into any sort of you know semblance of winning right period yeah. and it's just i think he's going to struggle i worry about david johnson look i'm putting guys right now you know he's his uh adp running back five look i put Le'Veon bell over him i think about chubb i think about connor i think about mixon uh, i'm just worried because i don't think look if kyler murray comes in and is good yeah then David Johnson's David Johnson. Again, it's going to be a much more creative offense than that crap show that it oh, was yeah. out there last year. But, look, you're going to key on him, right? You take him all, keep an eye on Larry Fitzgerald. Right. 
there you not go. Not much to fear there. So, so I worry about David Jones. All right, Rick. Well, we're already over time. Let's head out to the playoffs. So then, I've got my playoff seedings, Rick, as the Rams at one, Eagles at two, Vikings at three, Saints at four. My wild card teams being the Falcons and the Bears. Wow, and <laughs> that that's that's pretty good. I have my up my um, wild cards are Minnesota and Atlanta. Um, I have my ones and twos at Philadelphia and Chicago. Then I have Rams at three and New Orleans at four. So it appears we have the same playoff teams. Pretty it's much, just yeah. a little bit out of order. So. Yep. And I have, of course, Philadelphia and Chicago with a bye. I have the Rams defeating Minnesota. And I have the Saints knocking off Atlanta in the first rounds. I also have the Saints knocking off Atlanta in the first round. Okay. And I have the Bears beating the Vikings, so we both have somebody okay. beating the Vikings. So I believe, does that make our divisional round the same? It, well, I don't know. I don't know how you match them up. I Rams, put, Bears, Eagles, Saints? Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's amazing. I have the Saints defeating Philadelphia. And I have Chicago upsetting Ooh. the Rams. Okay, I went chalky there. I do have the Saints upset it said uh, up why can't I talk tonight? I don't Upsetting know. the Eagles. But I have the Rams. I have them never losing again, apparently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have a uh, rematch, only a different venue of last year's NFC championship game. I'm gonna jump ahead of you. Yeah. I said the world owes Drew Brees one, buddy. They get him back. Saints going to the Super Bowl. And I have New Orleans falling short one more time. I got Chicago. Well, you got Chicago in the Taking Super Bowl. them in the NFC Championship game by defense. I love it. I love it. It's been something an old guy wants to see, right? Defense winning championships. Yeah. Well, they won the Super Bowl last year. We yeah. saw that. So, yeah, I mean, it still does. All right. Well, there it is. We will do the AFC next week, and you'll have your Super Bowl winner predicted, and you can yeah. call the bookie and get those future bets in now. Okay. And very quickly before we go, I know we're running over, but um, there was there was a woman. Uh, her name was Jamie Baseglia, if I pronounce that right. I'm not sure. Was per- participating in a salmon fishing derby in Tacoma Narrows on Saturday when she realized she probably wasn't going to win the event. All right. That happened. However, she saw another opportunity for glory when she spied an octopus one of her friends had caught. She grabbed it off the hook and wanted to take a picture with it. So she put the octopus where else? On her face. Oh, yeah, certainly. (laughs) And the tentacles covered her ears and nose. She was having perfectly fun time with a photo until the octopus bit her chin. (laughs) An octopus can bite you? Oh, yeah, they got a beak like that. I was I was unaware. Yeah. And uh, my friends noticed my face had changed, she said. We couldn't get the beak to dislodge. It was like a prong. Although Baseglia eventually freed herself from the octopus, she bled profusely for 30 minutes afterwards. How <laughs> big of a hole did it put in her face? There's still a pus pocket, and Ugh. there's a spot under my chin, she said. Don't say pus pocket. She waited two days until the fishing derby was over to seek medical attention. By that time, the left side of her face was paralyzed. Jeez. And there was all kinds of swelling. They took her into the hospital, and, her, and the IVs swelled her arm up like an elephant, she said. Now she's on antibiotics. And she goes, <laughs> this is her quest oh. now. Oh, her quest. Her okay. quest. 
She does not want people to do what I did. <laughs> I, does anybody really go around grabbing octopuses and sticking them on their face yeah, what, what, at regular intervals? You know, on a percentage <laughs> basis, how many people come in contact with an octopus per day, per month, per year? I don't think it's very many. And not often is there any animal I pick up, wild, domesticated, or otherwise, and think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put this thing on my face. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm going to pet it. You know, maybe yeah. I'm going to hit it with a stick. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to eat it. But never, hey, I'm going to put this on my face. And get my picture taken. You know, I grew up on a farm. Right. I, can, I can definitively say I have never put an animal on my face. Yeah. <laughs> And it's intelligent not to. But so th- this is her quest, you know. I yeah, make people aware yeah, that you don't go around yes. putting octopuses am, on your I face. I am the starting don't put sea life on your face. <laughs> what yeah. is this? I, I, I mean, you, you want me to come up with something weird, I found it, put, okay? Put her in prison, I, I think, is what you should do. Like, yeah. stupid jail. Can, can we do that? You yeah, they ought to have a stupid jail. Yeah. Open up Alcatraz and make it a stupid jail. Because you know she's going to be all over InstaFace and, and Snapchat and all that nonsense. And that's going to be her thing. You know, look, I, I, this terrible tragedy befell yeah. me. You see that? It used yeah. to be a pus pocket yeah. right there. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> and so and she's going to be trying to raise money for the awareness of not putting octopi on your chin. I, I mean, seriously, <laughs> yeah. if she does this, she should be hit with a stick. I mean, just, I it's agree. quite simple. I agree. Let's get out of here. All right. That's, I've had about enough of this. Thanks so much for joining us. Listen back. Make sure you come back next week, same time, same channel, to hear the AFC preview and your Super Bowl winner. Check out everything at the Asylum, at Asylum Football on Twitter. Get those draft, trade, and lineup questions in. It's about that time. Asylum Football at gmail.com and at Asylum Football on Twitter. And, of course, check out everything over on the Full-Time Fantasy Podcast Network at Full-Time Fantasy on Twitter, fulltimefantasy.com. Take a breath. Thank God it's over. Till next time, we'll see you. Take care.